That is my audition for Jenny Slate oh and God. Dean Fleischer Camp. Uh, so thank you. I'll gladly take a voice acting role in Marcel the Shell too. Send the checks. <laughs> Wait, what? Like checks. Like let's get that money. Oh, I thought you meant that voice acting. I money. could be like one of the checks, the checks mix pieces. Nope. Which was one of my favorite. Aside from there uh, was checks. Oh, I saw a mini wheat in the movie. I thought that was a checks. There was also oh, a checks. Okay, there were both. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So welcome to the Extra Credits uh, podcast. We search for meaning in your favorite movies and shows. And today we're on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl. My name's Kelsey. And I'm Trey. And today we're talking about Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Trey, make the sound. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm really excited to talk about this really endearing movie i i didn't know what to expect going into the theaters but it was just really like a, one of those movies where you walk out and you just feel like you appreciate life more and that's i mean what we want from strive from movies, for from stories yeah agreed and in our experience i don't know how anybody else has felt in seeing this because i guess it's only been out for about a week it's not widely released until the 24th so we got lucky enough to see it at two separate theaters we saw it like a smaller kind of like artsy theater earlier this week but we just saw it at the alamo draft house last night and even in the alamo they were doing like an own self plug like marcel's team was like marcel came on the screen and was like welcome <laughs> to the alamo draft house Shh, like the ocean to like get people off their phones it was hilarious no he yeah he, i mean it was hilarious but it, he was like don't shush people aggressively yeah you know what i mean yes 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 because alamo draft house if you haven't been has a really strict no phones no talking policy mm -hmm. and so he was like just do it like the ocean like a shh, yeah it's you know? funny it's like even like what the pureness of marcel like you're talking about was even in the alamo like i was like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i just love that he was on that giant couch like ottoman right. thing right um and also with with that it's so funny because we talked about when we went to see thor love and thunder you can check out our last pod trey uh got to sit next to someone who was really just wild um and so <laughs> it's it's nice that marcel you know comes with the like you can still tell people to be quiet and not be like insane yeah i'm sure that dad <laughs> would not have liked marcel the shell okay let's talk about this movie this is a 90 minute mockumentary it's a comedy animation, stop motion animation, which is really cool. And it is distributed by A24. It's been getting a lot of A24 love actually, but I should say there's like multiple production teams in this movie. So I don't want to give too much credit to A24. I think it's like a confusing thing that happens. I just want to say that off the top. I might forget about that. It's also written by Dean Fleischer Camp, who also plays Dean in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of comes off as like a, a humble Cooper Rife, <laughs> which I'm not sure is like, too nice to Cooper, but based on like everything that's been written about Cha Cha Real Smooth, and I think we'll talk a little bit about him and that movie come our next pod, which will be or one of the next pods. Yeah, when we're ranking our top 2022 movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe top 25 we agreed upon. Um, but yeah, anyways, he kind of comes off as like this just nice, I think, observant person. Yeah. And it's also written, co written by Jenny Slate and Nick Paley. I guess he directed Broad City and Inside Amy Schumer, which is awesome. Big Amy Schumer fans here. And then also Dean Fleischer Camp directed the film. So he starred in it, directed in it, wrote in it. And I think he even produced it too. So he had, he had a lot of, and I think it's taken a decade to make this movie. And he made the shorts when he was younger too. So this has been a lot of time put into Marcel the Shell from Dean. Yeah. And I think people already know this, but Jenny Slate voices Marcel. Yeah. And she does amazing. Okay. Let me do a quick plot from Marcel on A24's website here. Marcel is an adorable one inch tall shell who ekes out a colorful existence with his grandmother, Connie. Once part of a sprawling community of shells, they now live alone as the sole survivors of a mysterious tragedy. But when a documentary fi filmmaker discovers them amongst the clutter of his Airbnb, the short film he posts online brings Marcel millions of passionate fans, as well as an unprecedented danger and a new hope at finding his long-lost family. A beloved character gets his big screen debut in this hilarious and heartwarming story about finding connection in the smallest corners. 
That was a good non-spoiler plot, I think. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes always has a great plot. Blurb. Well, they stole stole it from A24's website. Oh, I okay. Well, ooh. speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> though, ninety nine percent from critics right now. Which again, a lot of people have thoughts about Rotten Tomatoes. We'll get to that again in our next pod when we do top twenty five because we're going to be talking about Rotten Tomatoes a lot then. And then ninety one percent from the audience, which is kind of low. If you think about it, 91 yeah. I mean, audience. I, I would think that it would be higher too. But like I think everything everywhere all at once is 97. So that feels like a similar Daniels vibe. So I'm surprised that people aren't loving it the same way. I'm assuming that'll change in the next few weeks. You're, you're probably right. Well, also though, like for the audience, I'm wondering who is rating it low. Like how do you get access to Rotten Tomatoes? Do you just create an account and then you can vote for it as an audience member or so do you have to be someone special? Do we want to go into the science of Rotten Tomatoes right now? I don't, well, I don't know how it works. We okay. don't have to. Well, audience can be anybody. Like okay. you can just make a login and make a review. That's why people don't take Rotten Tomatoes too seriously because I guess like blog lords will like sometimes destroy <laughs> a movie. Like I remember Captain Marvel comes to mind and Brie Larson's take on that. And I actually, I like that movie. Like it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, but that movie was destroyed by like the, I guess, audience on Rotten Tomatoes because uh, white men are terrible um, or some are, some are. And uh, they kind of really uh, did a number on Rotten Tomatoes. So they kind of create sometimes a little bit uh, of a difference between the critic and audience score. It's unnecessary, but the critic score to be a critic on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure you have to apply and then it takes you like a year or two to get in. You have to like show five years of, I think credibility of writing or talking about movies. Anyways, we'll talk about this more in our Interesting. next pod. Okay. I didn't know that anyone could do it. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense also because of with Captain Marvel, I feel like every man I walked up to what took the chance to tell me like, Oh yeah, this, this movie sucks. Yeah. The amount of misogyny, <laughs> like active sexism going on about Captain Marvel was wild at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the animation a little bit more because you said stop motion. And when we walked out of the theaters, mm we were like, how was this made? Like this was so cool and it looked so different than other animation that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And we, we like went home, we watched a bunch of interviews and just were so curious in the making of the animation and Kristen Lepore, or I don't know if it's Kirsten or Kirsten, uh, but she's the animation director for Marcel the Shell. She's cool. Yeah. She's really cool. And she said that a great day for animation would be getting 10 seconds of the movie made. That's nuts. That is wild. And that's a great day, y'all. <laughs> and we mostly have bad days in our lives, don't we, in our careers? Like, I can imagine, like, two-second days <laughs> happening. Two-second days. Can you imagine that, like, having a 10-hour shift and being like, I got two seconds done? I think this is what people are talking about when, like... They're, Kelsey, I don't even know if you know this, but there's been a lot going on since the Thor release, since Taika and uh, Tessa Thompson. I think this is a little bit unfair to them, but, like, there's a video of them critiquing the CGI in Thor Love and Thunder... Oh, and really? that's been shared a lot hmm. on Twitter because of the way that CGI artists and uh, I'm not getting their positions probably correctly in, the, in their name, but there's a lot of different artists who do CGI and just animation in general. And they feel like they've been overworked and underpaid, obviously. And so like they've been basically almost unionizing across the board, I guess, in the fakest way, which is basically going through Twitter and saying that this is BS, that their movies are being like made fun of like like this by the directors and stuff. And so what I thought was interesting about this was it's a great example of like, I think they can show tactically and practically like what does it look like on YouTube to make stop motion and how hard that is. Because if you go on and online right now and take a look at the science of stop motion and see how it works, you can understand how people like this could be working for years, which Kirsten or Kristen... I'm going to say Kirsten did work on this for so long. I think they said they worked on it for 10 years, right? Yeah. They uh, said that there was like four stages. So there was the audio mm -hmm. and they, apparently they recorded this and it's been on lock for years, like pre pandemic. Right. Um, and then storyboards. So they decide like how to, where all the characters are going to be positioned. Right. And then they film the empty background. So like pieces of the house, like a, like a chair or the kitchen or with the honey bottle out. And then they add the animation to the Marcel Post. objects. Yeah, it's yeah. nuts. And so that's what I'm talking about is like, can you imagine doing that for 10 years of your life 
and then somebody going like, this movie doesn't look that good, <laughs> which I kind of felt bad about because in our last Thor, our Thor pod, I was kind of like, the animation's a little bit weird in this movie, but then I found out it's because they were rushed. Like a lot of Marvel artists came out and said during Thor's production, they were rushed heavily by Marvel to get a movie out during the pandemic. Mm. And I was like, ah, makes a lot of sense. Anyways, not to go too much on Thor here. Yeah, I mean, but, we can critique, but also it is important to look at, I guess, the people working on this. Yeah, I do want to talk about stop motion for a second because... I think someone said when watching some, I guess doing some prep yesterday, someone said who was working in stop motion that it is like toys coming to life. Like the origins of stop motion was trying to make sure, like, you know how when we were kids are playing with toys and you're trying to make them come to life. Mm -hmm. That was the, I guess the origins of wanting stop motion to be on film. And so I thought that was a really cool idea of putting our dreams on screen from when we were kids, which makes sense because I kept thinking of Toy Story while watching Marcel the Shell with shoes on, shoes on, which now I know isn't that unique of a take because Kelsey <laughs> told me that's like basically everywhere. But it does feel a lot like a Toy Story moment watching Marcel, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it feels... That's interesting that they said that because it does feel like Toy Story for A24 or whatever for a different kind of like franchise. Yeah. And in that it does feel unique like Toy Story. So that's so cool. But stop animation stop motion animation is different in that it feels and and looks like how you'd play with your toys growing Mm -hmm. up like the actual like I don't know if you've ever like walked a toy to another toy to like have a conversation I've never thought about this until now but stop motion looks like you're actually doing that which they are like stop motion is practical and they use CGI after the fact to enhance some of the artwork but studios have been trying to implement stop motion into real life movies instead of doing solely stop motion films because of the amount of money to do what you're talking about it takes like to build a set like a mini set and to build mini practical figures and then to shoot these like just shots and put them over one another and then try to do the animation cgi after the fact is takes so much money and time there was a there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago i'm forgetting what it's called now i think it was a fully it was from dreamworks i believe but it was a fully no actually it wasn't it was from the producers of Coraline, and the production team spent a hundred million dollars well like i guess the company did a hundred million dollars in making this movie and it only made back like 25 mil and like that's a good example of why stop motion is difficult to make because if you just do stop motion itself it maybe is a it's a risky investment basically. And so why this movie's cool and why Dean was probably genius in doing this is they decided to do a stop motion movie within the real world and then do some CGI after the fact. Oh, so you don't have to do all of the CGI for the background. Right. Too. Exactly. Hmm. And, or just like the production in the background. Cause they're literally making sets. I should have showed you the video, but they're literally like making like actual like castles in a, in a stop motion movie or like fantastic. Mr. Fox is a good example with the budget on that movie is huge because of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of like Isle of Dogs and mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I guess those are stop the motion too. The claymation stuff too, yeah. I, they look a little different, but I guess it's similar. I think it's the clay part of it. But yeah. also in, in, an interview, in an interview, Dean talked about like last night when we were watching him, the director was talking about how he was pitched a lot of ways to get Marcel into big IP movies like 10 years oh, ago. Oh, when they were like going to, to pitch it to different movie companies? Yeah, they basically wanted to put Marcel in theaters and companies were like we don't think we can sell just marcel what if we put him and it's going to be cheaper to do this what if we put him in a movie with like a movie star like can we put him in like a movie with ryan reynolds and uh, (laughs) dean and like the rest of the writers including jenny slate were like nah we're just gonna sit on this one uh and he joked about like that's why they got detective pikachu as a movie because that could have just been marcel and i thought that was hilarious i can just like picture marcel on ryan reynolds shoulder you know yeah (laughs) it's like an mcu (laughs) character uh, that's so funny. I I guess they were waiting on it to like doing it for a long time. They made the shorts in 2010, which I saw a little bit of, but didn't really watch. I think more than maybe once or twice for mm-hmm. Marcel the Shell. Did you? Were you like connected to Marcel the Shell in 2010 when the shorts came out? Not at all. When I saw the trailer, not even trailer, just the still, a still from Marcel. Like I think two or three months ago, I had no idea what I was looking at. Like I I honestly was confused. I was like, this is something like. When I watched YouTube when I was in middle school, it was like watching music videos from like all American rejects. Music, empty pools. Like Green Day. <laughs> Me just like punk rock, angry 14 year old. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so fun. You just brought like a memory of spending a full like day watching music videos yeah. <laughs> with my friends. And I absolutely did not watch Marcel the show. How about you? I mean, I, I just watched it like maybe once or twice, but okay. I really loved that 
there I rewatched them like before we did this because I wanted to see like did they take a lot of the clips and just put them in this movie mm-hmm. um, and like there were some lines like how Marcella kind of has one-liners that are really funny but since you haven't seen them I'm really excited can I share a couple of the, the funny one-liners that I wish made this movie yeah sure okay so uh, Marcella's talking about how his brother impaled someone with like a, a hairbrush okay. and Dean's like laughing and he's like, uh, we don't fight unless we're provoked. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marcel also says, I used to have a sister, but then someone asked her to hold a balloon. Oh my God. <laughs> this is good sequel content. I think they'll probably use, because they used a lot of like the ideas, even if it wasn't word for word from the shorts. Um, but you should go check them out. I want to share like two more though. Uh, he was like, I like it when people get stuck in places and they start to tell secrets. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and then the last one, he was like, one time I stared at a diamond and it gave me a sunburn. What is it about? It's like all these, like, like these, very pure Larry David ob- observations of the world. That's so true. It is very Larry David, like the comedic weird things that humanity has created. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Okay. So I I also wanted to know because you haven't seen the shorts and this is like your first time entering a Marcel world. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite or what were some of your favorite details about Marcel's like house and Ooh. and his little his little tree houses? I like the opening with the tennis ball. I like seeing that move. That was it re- really again, it really felt like Toy Story. I don't know why. Like the opening of Toy Story, seeing a room and then kind of feeling like the the reason I compared it to Toy Story in my mind. I think why other people are doing that is because that was one of the first times that we've seen animation like that in the first Toy Story movie, like ever. And that's how this kind of felt to me. I haven't, I haven't seen stop motion and it's been done before, but this did feel a little bit different and it visually looked a little bit different and seeing the tennis ball move, it like caught me off guard a little bit of like <laughs> an uncanny Valley thing. When I saw Marcel stop, like kind of, I guess, what did he do? Open a door of the yeah, tennis ball? Yeah, there was like a cutout of the tennis ball. Yeah. And he calls it the rover, which I thought was hilarious. So I really love that invention. I liked the rope that connected the outside going in and he rides on it and screams. <laughs> oh, the oh the little um, zip line. Yeah, the zip line. And he gets in that converse. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, I love the tennis ball because I didn't realize until I'm rewatching the shorts that that's like an evolution of a car that Marcel used to take, which was a bug. And so in the short, he's like, yeah, like, you know, you just gotta want to, you want to have to go for a ride. Like if you're just riding the bug, because they kind of take you wherever they want to go. Yeah. And so like the, the tennis ball he has control over. That's funny. Uh, I also like the baseball card artwork in his home. He has a baseball card up and on a tree branch where his home is. And I did not see that. He had, he had a couple of them. And they, and I was like, why, is that supposed to be specific to a player? And then I was realizing, oh, no, that's his paintings. Like his paintings in his home. Oh. It's like his artwork are like these like sport cards. And the ladders of his plant home were paintbrushes. I didn't see that either. I didn't notice that. That was so cool. I mean, on second watch, it was like looking for these things. Yeah. And the last thing that I thought was really clever was when he shows us his like pantry of nuts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> there are dominoes for stairs to get up to higher nuts, like in higher places. So cute. Oh my God. That's so cute. I loved that scene. He was like, yeah, you got a couple dozen like almonds and, and peanuts and you got one raisin that's dessert or craisin, whatever it was. And then uh, that's so funny. I didn't even notice any of those things. I loved maybe the more, I guess, things that people would notice, which are like the cotton ball bean bags mm-hmm. that him and Nan were sitting on and the hot dog bun couch. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also really loved, I mean, the tree houses were so cool. Very cool. And there was like a tire swing on one and Nan takes like a bath in a teacup. Their little dinner table was so cute. The bread room. Oh my God. His piece of bread. That's his bed. <laughs> the bread room. So cute. And then also I loved when they were making a puzzle and they're like, <laughs> we're just flying blind here, you know, and it pans up to the bad boys of summer, like dogs with sunglasses. It's great because we have context that he doesn't like dogs. So it just <laughs> yeah. makes it all the more, more funnier. He's like, I can't tell what I'm making. <laughs> so good. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Mikey and also Data a little bit from the Goonies. Like oh. the Steven Spielberg, like kind of being a kid and creating things by hand practically and just trying to be like curious and inventive. For some reason, I kept coming back to like Spielberg and the Goonies when watching this kind of introduction to Marcel and his home. Does that make sense? Or do you remember yeah, the Goonies I mean, and all the inventions and all the, that yeah, stuff? Yeah, the Goonies have, uh, yeah, the inventions of 
the line that was across from like two of the kids house yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there was a lot of like wonder too that showed up in exactly. marcel like with the music and like there were a lot of like flutes and chimes and natural music but there was also really like calming and like heartwarming music i yeah. don't know how else to describe it in between scenes while we were just panning over regular life and like the the blinds or the the curtains waving right uh, and I think Goonies has a similar wonder, like sense of wonder vibe. It also reminds me of that movie, uh, not to step on it like our toes right now, we're talking about anything else. I don't know if you actually thought of this because I don't think we talked about this last night, but it really, the whole movie really reminded me of the Brave Little Toaster. Oh my God. Do you remember the Brave the Little brave Toaster? The Brave Little Toaster, yes. All the like the things in the kitchen came to life, like yeah. the broom. Yeah. Yeah, they got all anthropomorphized. Like I, For some reason, I kept coming back to that movie in my head and I was like, I gotta, if we ever get to talk to this director, I need to ask about the brave little toaster. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, I like I like all these inventions that we're talking about, but the, just the heart of the movie felt very Spielberg-esque. It had like the Daniels weirdness from everything everywhere. And then it felt very Wes Anderson-y. And so like all of those three directors that are incredibly famous at this point, especially obviously Spielberg, Anderson, and now the Daniels, it just was so fascinating that we're seeing this first movie from this guy Dean and he's like making me feel like I'm watching somebody I've seen for decades like the same reason I'm thinking of Brave Little Toaster I think it's just very impressive yeah and I think like Jenny Slate at least in interviews that I've I've seen her talk and and also Dean Fleischer Camp Mm -hmm. uh, and Nick Paley is also a writer but I've mainly watched interviews of Dean and Jenny they're so down to earth and I think like their quirkiness that they add to the to the movie and it's funny but also really genuine and not super self-serious which seems like a vibe from them it comes through in the movie a lot it makes it really just like a a nice watch where it's not too funny it's not too like Mm one-liners and you can tell that they were had this like creative connection I mean they were married from 2012 to 2016 at least that's what Google tells me okay (laughs) but they're still working together you know after their divorce and that's cool that they're like creative partners and and I don't know. You can just like tell that the connection kind of comes through. Yeah. They both seem unapologetically themselves and authentic. So that's all you really want out of creators when they have like these kind of like animated movies are going to be speaking to children. By the way, Kels, when I was walking into the theater last night, um, like I went to the restroom halfway through and I was walking back in and a father and a son were standing outside the poster and the son is like staring. He's like 10, 11, maybe younger, like nine, 10 years old. And he's staring at the poster and the dad is kind of like looking off somewhere else. And the son goes, what is this? (laughs) <laughs> and the dad looks at it and I'm like walking behind them, walking into the door. He's like, I don't know. I don't think that's a movie. And, he, and the boy goes, huh, it looks funny. <laughs> oh. And the dad was like, I don't think it's a real. And then I'm like walking in the theater. He goes, oh, <laughs> and I was going to say like, you guys you should, should go, go watch see, that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to miss a scene from the movie. <laughs> now I regret it. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny because a lot of interviewers have asked uh, Dean, at least in the, in the interviews I've watched, is this the first kid-friendly like A24 movie? Hmm. And he was like, yeah, that and The Witch. And <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. Is good. Like, I think this is a movie for all ages. And I do think, I mean, we're already kind of talking about spoilers. So, uh, but the like there's death in this. There's the idea of like settling with the idea of your own mortality and mm-hmm. like living life. And we'll kind of talk about those themes and why Marcella's ultimately, even though it's a little shell, is really, I think, a meaningful story. Right. Um, it, I think that I don't know if it would be too heavy for like little kids. I think they wouldn't really like totally understand it or be entertained in the same way that they would be with Toy Story. So I think it's like an interesting conversation. Like, is this a kid's movie? Is it because well, we saw so many kids trailers before we we saw this movie, but right. we were with all adults in the theater. That's why I think it's genius of A24 to distribute it and pick it up in this way because they're going to ultimately, I don't know what the numbers look like for them, what the points they have in the movie, but like they're going to make, I think, a ton of money, obviously, and that's not something like that unique to say, but just because of the transcending generation thing that's going Mm -hmm. on with Marcel, like it has enough adult humor in it and enough kind of child sentimentality to kind of get by as something that's a child movie to pass it by as one. But ultimately, this movie isn't even as scary as like The Lion King. 
the Lion King is scarier for like a seven-year-old than Marcel. Like there's nothing scary about I Marcel. I guess there is death in like all Disney, Disney movies. movies. I never thought so about that. This is kind of a genius move because Toy Story where it's the most scariest is when it's existential. And that's why it reminded when a Woody lot of people of Marcel. <laughs> when Buzz is like playing with Mrs. Nesbitt as Mrs. <laughs> Nesbitt, <laughs> basically. And speaking of Disney, he just got tapped to direct the live action animation. Is that the right phrasing? Sure. Of Lilo and Stitch. Let's go. An Love Lilo. An amazing franchise or property. I don't even know what to call these stories. I'm just going to call it a story. Yeah. We have a story about family, mm-hmm. found family, yeah. loss and connection, aliens. Okay. You have a lot of really a big freedom when you get into the alien verse that Stitch comes from. Right. Remember all those different aliens that were like in the cages at the beginning of the movie? I highly doubt they're going to show that on screen. Yeah. You don't think so? I think that's like the appeal is seeing all these different kind of aliens that are trapped with Stitch. When I saw that he got tapped for this, I immediately thought of the sisters. The sister dynamic is what they're going to focus on here. I really think Stitch is going to be a secondary character. Hmm. Okay. I, I would think you rather only... him him and his like space journey be like a part of the big part of the story? Well, so no, but I think that it would be cool. The only thing that wouldn't be cool about that is if the animation was somehow bad for Stitch. I couldn't see them doing that though. Stitch and the aliens, if it's a live action, that's what that's the phrasing that trips me up. Like, how do you make a live action one? You just make them like stop motion. Well, Dumbo looked pretty legit when they did Dumbo, I think. I never saw that. Didn't they do Dumbo? Am I lying right now? I'm pretty sure they did. And that looked legit. And Lion King looked legit. But I guess there are no humans in that movie. So, yeah, I don't know what it will look like. I'm just excited about seeing Lilo and her sister on screen. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, they have a great family story. And I think that Stitch is a huge part of the movie. And you really can't have this idea of Lilo feeling left out at school and finding connection with someone and then realizing that she her sister's like doing all that she can for her. Yeah. If you don't have Stitch. So what I if, feel like what if Stitch is stop lot. motion? I don't know. I feel like I feel like that'd be weird to see. I don't know if it would I mean it's such a popular franchise, people would go to see it, but I don't know if it would be no, they can't. popular. It would literally take another decade. They wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> they wouldn't even announce it. Disney By can the way, to put just like Dean Fleischer Camp has this. been working on Lilo and Stitch for fifteen years, <laughs> two thousand thirty seven. But yeah, that, I mean, that would be really cool. And I think him adding his like we were talking about before, like down to earth just ideas or qualities to a story will be really fun. Yeah. So I'm excited. Okay. So let's talk about the characters. Marcel, Nana Connie, and Dean. Love it. So the reason that these characters are so successful, or let's start with Marcel. The reason that Marcel is so successful as a character and kind of runs this movie without a lot of plot-heavy things happening in the story is that he's so pure mm-hmm. and authentic and just comfortable <laughs> with himself. I think in the first scene when when Dean asks, like, can you give me some levels? He says, like, I'm a shell, <laughs> you know, I have shoes on, yeah. I have a face, like, I like that about myself, and I have a lot of other great qualities that I like as well, and it's so sweet, and he's also just, like, roasting Dean throughout this whole <laughs> yeah. movie, subtly, and he's like, oh, okay, like, yeah. okay, you want to just change the subject? Fine, yeah. um, and that was, re- it was just so endearing, and it could have been a lot of one-liners of Marcel making jokes uh, about his surroundings or being a shell, but I think the idea of him being comfortable with himself, which you don't really see in a lot of characters in general and without kind of like ego attached to it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, He being a shell is just, I don't know, so weird and like nice to see him throughout life. Is his eye a pea? You know, I don't know. I think it's like clay. (laughs) Yeah, I know you mean it. It, When it closes, it's like a a round green circle. Yeah. So maybe they're adding to that, but it looked like clay around the googly eye. Yeah. I I also, I agree with you. I think that is what makes him special is this kind of like realization that the little things matter. And he, his character really does feel like it symbolizes like a, a love for the idiosyncrasies of life. And you can tell that Dean making fun of himself through the dialogue of Marcel to him is like writing to himself or like Jenny Slate writing about Dean, which makes it all funnier knowing the backstory of the movie. And I love how like Marcel also like throughout the whole film, not to step on our toes, but like appreciates all these things about the world that he's like running into that's outside of his family, like psychic love experts and (laughs) tattoo shops and fountains and lakes and 
cranberries. <laughs> so it's like just an appreciation for the big things, but also the small things equally. And doesn't that's he say beautiful. I'm, that's when he's in the car. Doesn't he say like, I'm almost going to cry. Yeah. There's he does say that when lakes. he sees the fountains and lakes <laughs> and, and Dean's laugh after he says something makes, I think the crowd laugh twice, which is funny. It's like a double laugh yeah. to everything. Marcel says that's cute as hell. Uh, but he's, he's great. Should we talk about Connie a little bit? Cause she's, I think the, my second favorite Connie. character. Yeah. Yes. Even though out of the three. <laughs> um, so apparently Dean and the other writers, Jenny Slate and Nick Paley wrote her off of the real life voice actor for Connie, Isabella Rosalini. And ultimately I guess it's because she's a little bit of an oddball that they love and she has her own farm in real life. And so they kind of make Connie have her own farm, which is really cool to look at in the scenes that we get to. And she's constantly just trying to make Marcel a better shell. And she's very, (laughs) (laughs) and she's very, uh, I guess she works hard. And she, she talks about when like the family who owned the house left and all the food went, Marcel explains to Dean in the documentary that Connie's been kind of taking care of everyone or them and the family when they were there. And I love that she's also like trying to deconstruct Dean's romantic issues throughout the movie, <laughs> like trying to play like Dean's mom, basically. Yeah. So that's really cute. And then Dean himself, like, I mean, we've talked a lot about him as the director and I guess uh, the the writer of this, but he obviously like is very self-aware and the way that he creates his character is being very, he almost has this journey of becoming more genuine and like finding himself or refinding himself after his divorce in this movie. And I love that he puts his own personal touch from his life in the art and it's so direct and it still feels authentic. It's not like he is kind of taking advantage of, I guess, what's going on in his life and the awareness that people have about him and Jenny Slate too. So I thought that was really smart that he was able, or just, I guess, not even smart. It was just, I think, really well done because, I mean, aside from being smart, it's just impressive. Yeah, I think it's it's nice to see that Jenny Slate and Dean I think what you were saying, they were playing off of the idea of they could be the couple. Yeah. And Marcel the Shell is there. Yes, yes. And even though they don't really dive into that idea of the human relationships, the humans on the fridge, the happy Valentine's Day magnet, mm-hmm. it, it still does feel, I'm assuming, probably feel vulnerable for them mm-hmm. that they're putting that like part of their lives on there. Because um, the because the people who were, lived there before at Marcel's home, I'm assuming that was Dean and Jenny. Like that's what they wrote into the I script. I think so. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But I loved the idea when Marcel was like, "This is a computer hotel." <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> the Airbnb. Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they showed the Airbnb slip about like what not to do and what to do. I can't wait to buy this on like Blu-ray and pause it because there's some funny stuff on there. That was good. Yeah, all the details were really cool. I I think uh, you said a, a lot of the things that I'm probably going to say like throughout as we talk about Dean and talk about Nana Connie's like arc as mm-hmm. a character. So I think you, you said it wonderfully and and I'm going to talk more about the themes mm-hmm. um, because Marcel kind of with these two characters, like these are the only two people who are like reflections in his life, I guess right now that he's lost his family. Mm-hmm. And so we see this like really cute, these really cute scenes of him talking to Nana while she's like gardening and to Dean and just like dunking on Dean and then it kind of transition also transitions also into these kind of more heavy themes like Marcel taking care of Nana who we learn has dementia like right. he's been sleeping in laundry baskets and we know that bad things happen in laundry baskets Marcel's cousin fell asleep in a pocket <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, and not everything comes out of the wash. Um, alleviating, alleviating that sadness from learning about <laughs> her dementia with the cousin in the wash who watches fire trucks go by is just great stuff. Good writing. <laughs> okay. So I guess that kind of brings us to the idea of Marcel's family. And I can't remember if we met the cousin from the wash or not, <laughs> but I'm sure he was in there at the end. That would be hilarious if there was somebody <laughs> in, in third rewatch, if there's someone standing in the window, just, just like looking. the fire truck. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, I feel like they are, would, they're so detail oriented that yeah. they would include that. We yeah. have to, we have to watch out for that. But so we're introduced to these kind of bigger themes that Marcel Deschel is going through. And while it seems kind of like, I don't know, maybe too serious to look at the themes that happen throughout Marcel the Shell. I think it's important because we that's ultimately why we connect with the movie and why we wanted to go see it twice. And, and also welcome to the Extra Credits podcast yeah, where also, we break down all the themes and meanings in all your movies and shows. We analyze <laughs> stories. Okay. So, yeah. you know, if you came here for that, you're in the right place. Yeah. So we first have 
the idea of isolation and community, right? We learn that Marcel has lost his family and he <laughs> opens the story going around after he shows Dean all the, the places, uh, like his tree house and behind the, the tile in the, ki- in the kitchen yeah. and going up honey on the wall. Um, he says, you know, it's pretty much common knowledge that it takes 29 shells to have a community. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. I think 29 is the right number that, that he said, but I just think it's hilarious that they said 29 and not 30. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Very specific. Yeah. And Marcel kind of talks about community and that he wants to live a life that is full mm-hmm. and not just basically exist, which is a pretty existential theme to introduce at the beginning of a movie about a shell with a googly eye yeah and we realize that when he's talking about living his life fully and not just existing it goes through all these kind of mundane moments in life like we start out with seeing all the shoes on the the rack like put in there Mm -hmm. um and then the tennis ball right coming down the stairs and and him talking to his grandma in the garden and the laundry room and we're hearing like the sounds of the laundry room yeah and it's nice because we realize that the living pieces of this and idea of Marcel living a full life is in these really day-to-day moments. Yeah. And that's what I think makes it really beautiful. I I also think that people have said this feels like a very COVID movie. Uh, not only, obviously, it's a stop animation, so maybe... Actually, I don't know how many people are on set, so I take that back. But the idea of... Not these, a lot, so yeah. Okay. The idea of these themes of staying in the house and finding beauty in your life... And these kind of specific routines that you create Mm -hmm. and the sounds of your house and just you living right and your connection to the people like in your home or the connection that you have with people is the beautiful part of living. And that is a very COVID theme, right? Marcel is essentially stuck in his house. Yeah. And, but it was really interesting to hear Jenny Slate. She was like, the audio was locked on this way pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was something that they were just talking about. Back as in a like 2016 theme. or 2017. Yeah. But just, I guess, hits harder maybe now that we've all had this experience. And but also because COVID made a lot of people who were, I guess, privileged enough to be home a lot, appreciate hopefully the little things at their home, which, you know, even if you found a shell with shoes on, maybe you would appreciate that a little <laughs> bit more. So yeah, it just happens to be that we all went through something traumatic, which was genius on their part in terms of doing, well, they explained stop and stop motion animation. You have to, you can't really plan to have a social sociopolitical commentary throughout your story because right, something at least, that's like topical. Exactly. Something that's too specific because it's not South Park. You can't have an episode out once a week or every other day or whatever. It's a movie that takes 10 years, you know, maybe less, but in this case, 10 years to work on. Right. It has to age well. And I, it kind of reminded me while Dean was following Marcel around the house and doing his everyday routines. Do you remember when you went to someone else's house as a kid and you were kind of like fascinated by the routines? Like you were just observing yeah, yeah, as yeah. everyone was doing everything. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny because <laughs> I had never really thought about that. Do you remember, getting, do you remember getting jealous of little things when you used to go to people's houses? Yeah. Like maybe there was a snack <laughs> that you didn't have or there was a pair of shoes, an extra pair of shoes that someone had or something that was going on at their house. I don't know. That just, you just reminded me of that nostalgia. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the cool thing about Dean observing Marcel yeah, and Marcel being like, do you want to see how I do this? But ultimately we learned that Marcel is going through something internally inside that little shell. Um, he showed Dean the outlines of the shells, which I didn't realize until the second rewatch that it's like a family tree yeah. etched into the back of that. I think it was a mirror and he talks about all the different shells in his community yeah, it was like the Costas, my neighbors, the uh, goodbye, Richard, you were the worst singer in class, <laughs> but I love how you let me cut you in line. <laughs> goodbye, Anka, you had the worst timing in the world. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and the pepper flake, that was so funny. And then Marcel, Marcel tells Dean right, about like the shock, the sock drawer shelter plan. That's a total tongue twister. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like raining and serious outside when he does the flashback. And the humans are like starting to yell more than they talk to each other, but still it's really kind of like light because it's these shells in this escape plan. But then also it's kind of scary because it's a, like a natural disaster for them. Like you see this indoor plant falling dramatically. In slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. And then Marcel's family gets shoved into a suitcase, which I think was that uh, a guitar 
suitcase oh i didn't look he, when he first grabbed it from under the bed i saw a guitar case but maybe he's just grabbing oh no his guitar. You're, what you're right i think at the end because they the look end, in a guitar case suitcase, yeah though. oh is that a suitcase? yeah he's in a suitcase he's like this looks like the one gotcha. but i'm not gonna get my hopes up yeah it does feel like at the in the in the part where like i guess thomas mann who plays the man in the house who's like leaving the woman he's from project x and me earl and the dying girl big thomas mann oh, guy my, right yes. here yes yeah, he's great. Um, but when he like sits on the bed, it does feel like there's like an earthquake that's happening for the shells or like or the characters, this family of Marcel and his family. And then like when the vase breaks, it's like really loud and like the whole it's the, probably the loudest scene in the movie. And so it really does feel like it's a good point, like an environmental disaster or something for them. It I, felt like have you ever played the computer game of Clue? Have I ever played Clue? Yes. Never the computer game. Okay. No. Well, that's what it felt like. There was like lightning and storms outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Clue. Um, really quickly, I did want to add something right before I think he talks about that dream or maybe it's like right after his memory of his parent, his family leaving. He explains depression so well because of what's going on with him and his like lost family and lost community. He was looking out the window and says, if I was someone else, uh, I would really be enjoying the good days. And I've never, and I've, I don't know why it resonated with me because I, I, like we're teachers, we talk about like emotions all the time with students and whatnot, but that line was so profound for explaining depression without having to define it. Like it was just such a good example. And for a shell with shoes on to do it, <laughs> come on now. That's impressive as hell. That was really great. Yeah, it was, it was really a great opening and, and it's great because it also introduces you so quickly to kind of the conflict that's in Marcel's life. Yeah. And then we kind of move on to once he loses his family, the idea of him trying to find his family. And he realizes that like Dean could help him with this because mm-hmm. he's going viral. And then he realizes how big the world is and he's seeking help from his followers. So I, I loved this idea of like media because ultimately Marcel was made in 2010 and he has this conversation with him about like audiences versus communities And so first he wants to go look for his family, right? Because that is his community. Mm. And he's like, well, Dean, what's your mantle, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Like, where can you see at the highest level? And then Dean takes him on that car trip. And (laughs) it's so cute when he's getting ready. He has like the the pin, the sewing needle pin or something. And a match and like a helmet, pistachio. Um, he's like getting ready to go outside. That's what reminded me of the toaster too, because they do the same thing. That's true. They get their armor. And then he's realizing how big the world is, right? Like he's going through all the houses and he's like, what? And he's having this kind of existential crisis where he's realizing the world's so big and he can't just like go out and find his family in these like thousands of homes. Dean's like, yeah, this is a big place. It's like a city (laughs) like Japan or Antarctica. (laughs) Antarctica. (laughs) And then he has to turn to his followers for help, right? And he's like making these YouTube videos to try to find his family. Mm -hmm. And then he's scrolling through all the comments and he's realizing that there's a lot of comments about how he's cute and people are coming by the house to make like TikTok videos of him and they have I heart Marcel the the shell shirts on or just like taking selfies Mm -hmm. and he says something like yeah it's a group of people but it's an audience not a community yeah really smart writing and I think this is where we should talk about how like the thesis of the movie is a little bit greater than just community because Dean and the writers are tackling like how our generation and and the one maybe above us too has kind of replaced or by accident replaced community with the internet. Like there's a whole major theme of that in this movie. And I guess before I even unpack that, I do want to shout out some funny things that Nana Connie found or that Marcel found in some of the responses to Marcel's videos that Dean posted. Nana Connie was reading out how she saw a picture of of marcel and it said when the kush hits and she was like what does this mean (laughs) i i laughed weirdly like way too loudly in that in the movie i felt bad about it and then i looked around people were just like dying at that scene um and then also like when when he sees the woman's bio that says peace and marcel is like peace obviously peace what a weird thing to test what someone is into no i'm into war not peace war i sign all my personal letters war let the battle begin marcel <laughs> so funny i so love that awesome. you were looking at the i mean i noticed those ones too but i wanted to to see like what all the clips were of the comments that they they put in there yeah we can we'll definitely own this on blu-ray so we'll be pausing it a lot um okay back to the text so 
When Dean shows Marcel clips to the internet, originally it changes Marcel's experience with the world. He's like looking at different videos of how to hang banners. He looks at a girl like make popcorn with a magnifying glass, I think, oh, yeah. which was also very cool to watch. I was like, is that a thing? And then Marcel was like realizing he was content with his life with Nana Connie, even though his family was lost. But this internet provided like a new connection, like a community, like a fill-in. And after only one night on the internet, Marcel believes there are so many others out there except dogs because he believes that they are a sad type of idiot <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as owners of two dogs that killed me a little bit um and then dean uploads marcel to the internet and marcel becomes a youtube sensation and he starts seeing random fans exploit him for clout like on tiktok how kelsey was saying and i think this is where the correlation between to marcel the shell with shoes on and real life becomes pretty clear and his journey with the internet finishes with him realizing that many of his followers aren't actually there to help him. And it's just a lot of nothing in his quote and his, in his words. And there may be a group of people enjoying the content, but like Kelsey is saying, it's not, it's not a community. It's just an audience. And so the search for community, enjoying the little things in life to have perspective is like the overarching thesis of the film. But there's definitely something deeper in Dean and the writer's message for Marcel's quote, or Marcel's journey with the internet. And I think specifically it's when Marcel tells Dean, which you can tell that they wrote for Dean, which is, quote, you know, Dean, have you ever thought your life would be less lonely and more integrated if you took the time to talk to someone and not just take videos of them? End quote. <laughs> just really great stuff for speaking to an internet generation or generations at this point. I thought that was just like, I thought very insightful. Yeah. I think also because we teach high schoolers. So it's really interesting to think about Marcel the shell as like an evolution of content that we've seen on the internet mm -hmm. and like how a lot of people obviously talk about Gen Z or obviously new generations that will come as like being too focused on technology. And the reality is that, is that technology is really embedded in our world. Like there's nothing really that you can do unless you totally unplug like you can deal with it in healthy ways but ultimately like technology can be something that can form community but oftentimes especially when you see people feel awkward mm -hmm. um and i see this with people our age too but especially you see it with high schoolers they'll like immediately turn to their phone or think about how they can connect through the technology which always yeah. isn't always bad but can be kind of hollow or feel hollow and so i think it's interesting that marcel Deschel kind of coming from a 2010, which isn't that long ago, but it is sort of with, with everything that's happened with technology mm -hmm. and the world that there's this idea of still needing like authentic, just conversations and connection. Yeah. And that's ultimately what will feel better than having a bunch of likes on Instagram, which obviously a lot of people know, and that's a, you know, continued message, but it, it feels different coming from a little shell. Yeah. It also was just cool to see somebody who was obviously like an older millennial be like, I remember the good old days where we used to just make stuff on the internet. And like, <laughs> like, I think I've heard it explained really well where I'm a big fan of the alien franchise and I was listening to an alien podcast. I think it was about Prometheus or alien covenant. And someone said how, like when they first got the internet in like 99 or 2000, whenever they got it, they immediately were going to like message boards on alien websites to try to find community because that was their identity that they had already created pre-internet. And now if you go on the internet and you see like an alien Instagram of 400,000 followers, you go, what is this? Can I make this a part of my identity? And like, can I add this as like a badge to my like profile? <laughs> and that, that difference is, is very, it's a very big difference between those two. Like, I guess, relationships with the internet and so having marcel kind of go through that journey of both of those things i thought that was really again imp impressive for a 90 minute movie to be able to do that without like actually like making fun of anybody like it's not actually saying something's wrong or it's not laughing at anybody so it's actually just i thought a very healthy approach to looking at the internet yeah it's like not shaming anyone it's just kind of talking about the the gaps maybe mm -hmm. and i and i also like the idea of kind of like the old internet because we have like the 60 minutes and oh, yeah. <laughs> the idea of, I mean, I'm sure people still like, you know, have watched 60 minutes, um, episodes, yeah. but that idea of like watching cable television, like regularly, um, mm -hmm. was, was a fun throwback. It was a serious one because like, we've never even had cable together. We've been together for 10 years. Yeah. We just have apps. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Although when Oscars 
come around and like the award shows, we are frantically searching for any of our friends who have cable yeah. uh, to watch award shows. So thank you. Hulu please, TV. Yeah. Please put those on streaming networks. Everyone. Uh, who, yeah. Fix who the Oscars. Those. Put them on Netflix. Let's yeah. go. Come okay. on. And so we're introduced to this kind of new conflict though, in Marcel's life through this 60 minute interview, right? Because Marcel's going viral. 60 Minutes wants to do an interview with him, reaches out through an email to Dean. Which is just a funny premise of a kid going viral and then being 60 Minutes being like, can you come on our show? (laughs) It would be like uh, the morning show contacting Backpack Boy. Yeah, Uh, they probably did. Probably did. Yeah. And so he gets contacted. Do you want to do 60 Minutes? We're going to help find your family. And he says no because he wants to take care of Nan because she hurt herself. She has a little hole in her shell when he went out to look for the family on the car ride. Uh, And he takes, he feels guilty, right? He feels like personally responsible for Nan's uh, getting hurt. And he basically doesn't want to take the risk of losing something that he has Mm -hmm. to try to find his family that he doesn't. And it's really cool because I was ultimately like on Marcel's side. I was like, oh yeah, like he wants to take care of Nan. Like that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And Nan ultimately says, stop making excuses. Like you're, you're just also scared. And that we had that great windowsill moment where Marcel's like, I, you know, I don't want to lose uh, everything in the hopes of something. Yeah. And Dean goes like, I can cancel. Like I can cancel even though they're right outside. And Nan goes, Dean, can you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. And then to Marcel, Nan's like, you know, you can't just not do things out of fear. Don't use me as an excuse not to live. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. And Marcel said, what if everything changes again? And Nan says it will. And then they have a little shell embrace. They like waddle towards each other. I didn't notice the embrace. And just touch shells. Yeah. That's cute. (laughs) Is that where she says, I like you brave? I think that's. Or is that later? Because I, I really know. love that scene. I think that was later. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah, because that's kind of the I guess the argument she's making is I want you to be brave. Yeah, and I and I loved that idea because there, there there's an idea like if this is a all ages movie, mm-hmm. um, I think the the theme or message to just like try something and to not let fear get in the way. Yeah, is something that that all audiences can take away, and it's really sweet to have Marcel there and Dean being like, "Oh, I can do you know anything that makes you comfortable," and Nan's like, "No, like you need to go do things that make you uncomfortable." And it's really smart for the IP because you can just carry that message through ten movies if you really wanted to. Yeah. You don't really need to add a new story plot line like the <laughs> like all the Toy Story movies do. And then we have the 60 Minutes crew showing up. or I can't remember if this is before or after. And he has the newspapers up that he was shielding himself from, uh, which we didn't talk about when in the internet, but it was sad when they were exploiting Marcel. And I think someone like broke in the house uh, and left the drawings. He basically closed off his life. You know, he put all the, all the sunshine went away. He put all the newspapers, oh, up. all the newspapers down. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like standing there. The 60 Minutes crew shows up. And he goes, there's definitely a storm rolling in. I can feel it because my shell's feeling <laughs> feel tight. tight. <laughs> so cute. And then when they actually get there, uh, it was so cool. Like, I didn't know exactly how they were going to do it, if they're going to cut to the interview. But I love the crew walking around and it feeling like a, a documentary style. Yeah. And they do his makeup and he turns around. And he's like, oh, my God, it looks like I only drink olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best lines of the movie and then my favorite line okay my favorite line of the movie is when leslie stahl asks like how long has your family been lost marcel and marcel goes well you know i don't do the clock how you guys do the clock but leaves change and the space in my heart grows bigger and louder (laughs) every day and leslie stahl goes do you know how long dean and dean goes two years (laughs) (laughs) so good so i i think i was I laughed really loud because <laughs> he, he's so like there's something Shakespearean about Marcel and the way he goes on his like monologues. <laughs> he's so sentimental. So what do you think about the writers not giving us the interview? Because I thought that was interesting. Oh, like the actual clip of them filming the 60 Minutes interview? Yeah. Do you think it was just like a production time saver kind of move? Or do you think there's like a funny short and deleted scenes of that? Or did you think that there was something thematically poignant there? Like they were trying to... They were trying to tell the audience that like maybe the interview went it just it happened he got to do what he wanted to do but like he lost connie during it yeah so i felt like there was something else there yeah i i think so too like 
this was the climax of the movie, right? This was everything that Marcel mm -hmm. had maybe dreamed of to be on 60 Minutes and maybe the whole family and even Nana Connie. But instead of seeing the actual interview, while we do see clips, we get this montage of Nana talking to Dean, which was cool because Nan de developed like a relationship with, with Dean too. That yeah, was, was really nice. sweet. And every shot of Nan is just gorgeous. Like the light, even at the beginning of the movie where she's raking with her, you know, plastic fork and the pencil. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, and even at the beginning of the movie, she says like life goes on after loss. And that's kind of what her montage here while the 60 minutes uh, interview is going on. It's basically her and, and scenes of her talking about coming to terms with her mortality. Yeah. They, I, she, I think like reads really a sad. poem. Yeah. She reads a poem to, to Dean and it must be a poem that they like that Dean and Jenny slate. Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, because I looked it up, it's called the trees by Philip Larkin and I'm not going to pretend to know everything about this <laughs> poem. So please don't come at me if you've read this poem and you know what it means or whatever. Um, but somebody somewhere, doesn't she teach English? <laughs> But basically it talks about, right, the trees are coming into leaf and it's like they're saying something and the recent buds relax and spread their greenness as a kind of grief. And basically I think what the poem's talking about in my tiny, tiny analysis <laughs> is the idea of coming to terms with mortality. Like it says, is that, is, is it? it that yeah. <laughs> they are born again? And we are old. No, they die too. Their yearly trick of looking new is written down in rings of grain. And I think like basically Nana, which it was just like a beautiful thing to have an older shell or an older person, uh, who, which she's symbolizing, kind of talk about this like cycle of life. And it made me think a yeah. lot of Vortex. Oh my God. We just watched a movie Vortex. That's a French film. Yeah. Is Gaspar it a French no. film? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you definitely go stream it somewhere. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about it in a week or two. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably be on our list for best of 2022 movies. But it made me think of that, this like cycle of life. It's kind of if you've ever, you know, driven back to where you grew up or maybe even if you're like still in the same area where you grew up, maybe just like revisiting that plate, a place where you grew up or mm -hmm had memories it's this idea of like things kind of dying and being reborn and uh I, I don't know I just thought it was like a beautiful scene and it felt like melancholy but also really light because she's a shell <laughs> <laughs> but also that's the way to do it animation yeah just so beautiful with the light coming through and ultimately she is talking about the idea that she's going to die. She's like coming to terms with that. And Marcel is going to live on and the cycle kind of continues, but it's beautiful mm -hmm. because, because of that. And then she ultimately disappears into the light with a bug. And, and then we have, you know, Nana's death. Yeah. I was so sad when Marcel was crying. I cried. Yeah. I cried the first time I cry a lot. I don't want to step on the end of this movie, but I cry a lot when they find the family. That's, that's, that's what gets me. Yeah. I think we're getting to that. The only thing I want to say before we talk about finding the family is the funeral was so just like beautiful. There was a white queen chess piece and leaves like that that uh marcel set up with yeah. keys and then puts the you know dean puts the black sharpie on his shoes it's so sweet and um it was just really beautiful yeah there was a <laughs> lot of heart in the detail yeah yeah okay so let's talk about when he finds the family um so we have the right this idea of like loss but also then 60 minutes hits marcel up again and says hey let's do another you know interview things yeah. are moving fast we think we found your family and they go to the me earl and the dying girl guy's house i don't know his actor name i'm very sorry thomas Mann. okay and the <laughs> all of the family members are in the escape plan in the sock drawer and i cried <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. That was the most tears I had in the movie. Yeah. And then also we had them like come home and they're, well, first they all like embrace. It was so sweet. Yeah. And while 
we're watching that 60 minutes clip of them being reunited, we are getting a shot back to Jess Marcel watching the TV. Like just kidding. That's where I cry more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Where it expands out. Yeah. Yeah. And it it shows just him, just the shell, like super big. And then it zooms out and you see the whole family on like the couch or wherever they are watching that 60 minutes. And then him like cuddling with his mama shell. So cute. Incredible. And you saw like ghost tampon. That's what the um, creators call it, but a tampon. And then checks, pistachios, like all these different like found things like a... I saw Cheeto. Yeah. I saw Cheeto too. It was so cool. And uh, the actual creators, the animation director said that she and another person who was working on the movie actually went out and got physical uh, pieces yeah. to make those characters, which I thought was really interesting. And then when they get home... I forget which order this happens, but they have that sweet ice skating scene and we meet like the aunts and the little cousins and then the singing scene to honor Nan where everyone's crying. That was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then Marcel goes to the laundry room alone. And this kind of goes back to where he was talking about when you feel like kind of safe at a party when you go and and you're alone Yeah, yeah. and have that, that moment by yourself. And it feels good because everyone else is enjoying their time and you get to hear that you get to feel safe and not have to be stressed out. Yeah. 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 It's still a connection, but you get to be alone. And, and he is standing in the windowsill and you hear the, the like dryer rattling. And I can't, I can't remember if it's in this clip or it was the short, but wind chimes. And in this one, I know you hear like the wind and see Mm -hmm. the, the curtain just blowing. Right. And it was such a, just a really weirdly beautiful scene in, in theaters when he was standing there and then the wind like flows through his shell. He's like, that's my shell. Yeah. <laughs> and he said something about like it, he felt connected because of that. And he's like the instrument and he's not just a separate piece rattling around. He's like a part of a community. Yeah. Aunt Connie reminded Marcel to love the little things and that he's not one separate piece, but he's part of a whole. And now he enjoys the sound of himself connected to everything. I think that's what he ultimately says oh, you mean when he's in Nan? there. Nan, Nan Connie. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Um, and ultimately I think in that scene with the silence and him kind of taking everything in the sounds of the, the dryer washer, the wind coming in like Marcel's movie is a sort of a love story about perspective outside of the themes of internet and community it it is about enjoying the little things in life even again a a shell with some shoes (laughs) and even 60 minutes they weirdly kind of dropped the whole thesis of the movie there i think it was who what's the woman's name again who does 60 minutes leslie stall sorry i will never forget her name again she says marcel reminds us of community friendship and the tennis ball creativity and I thought that was beautiful too. Oh yeah. And then they end it with like all the kind of scenes of this family, like the brother who it was hilarious, his shell brother who was like, yeah, that's what I meant to do with the honey on the wall. Justin. <laughs> and he's voiced by Nathan Fielder, which is the guy who does the, uh, the, what was the Starbucks thing? Nathan for you. And he also did how to with John Wilson. Oh, whoa. He executive okay. produced that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I knew who that was, but I didn't know he was in like that project the he has a to. new show out right now on hbo called the rehearsal actually, have to watch. actually marcel the shell feels very how to john wilson D- do you know that uh he is starring in a movie or i think he's starring in it no, it was created by him and benny safty safty brother uh a movie called the curse that's starring emma stone and him and the safty and it's about uh i think i told you about this the series will explore how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic new hgtv show <laughs> just great stuff from Wait, emma stone john, you're saying john wilson yeah no nathan fielder so oh, john, okay. nathan fielder produced the show that john wilson does gotcha but nathan okay. fielder is like the og john wilson that's okay, how i like to think he, of him i was like wait marcel the shell wait john wilson so just to go full circle with this just so everyone knows what the hell we're talking about nathan fielder voices marcel's brother and yes <laughs> he's on the wall with honey and he was like yeah that's what i meant to do like a very sibling uh interaction and then also uh towards the end of the movie we we get like these clips of them all running around in the tennis ball yeah, or yeah. traveling by tennis so ball. So cool. He was like, we don't really need the inventions, but people seem to send, uh, seem to like the Rover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Trey said it best, a love story about perspective. 
Okay. Any future ideas? Because in an interview, I was really interested because this doesn't feel franchisey. Like a lot of reviews have said how great this movie is because it feels like it is not, it is separate from this world of selling A larger IP. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, in an interview though, someone asked Dean, Hey, would you be cool to do a Marcel too? And he was like, sure. Like in 20 years, because it takes so long to make it, but he really did seem open to the idea. And he was like, if, you know, if audiences catch on, like, I'd love to, to kind of have a world of Marcel. What do you think would be like a future Marcel world? Could they just keep doing like similar things? And would it, do you think it would like stick with audiences? One? Yes. Okay. Sorry. To answer your question. Yes. But one, do we want that? Because I don't know if we do. <laughs> like if we like, want multiple Marcel movies? Yeah. Do we want like a Marcel cinematic universe, like a second MCU? <laughs> like I'm not sure we do. It doesn't have to be that. And I think Toy Story proves that you can do things every decade. So if we got a Marcel movie, for example, like a sequel in like six to seven years, do you think that there is an audience for it? Because I think so. Because I think that's the only way they make this work. They can't just come out with a Marcel TV show on Disney Plus like a year from now. If they do that, I think people are going to be out on it pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it ultimately has to be movies because I think the shorts will miss people similar to how like maybe the Disney Plus TV shows might miss people. Like I don't think it can be shorts anymore if they're going to grab a huge audience. And also I, I prefer it personally in movies. And I, and I like the idea, like in movies, this was able to be a, like kind of cinematic story that was meaningful because of the cuts that you can make. Like at multiple times during the movie, the screen went to black, right? Like the editing of this movie made it meaningful versus short, which is funny, but it's just this short thing on YouTube that ultimately you could have a bunch of a Marcel the Shell, but it wouldn't be kind of a connected storyline that I think people would follow. Right. But I mean, I'm here for a, a multiple Marcel franchise. I'd go see another movie. The only thing that would maybe be annoying is if it got into someone else's hands and they made it more cutesy or made it go make it go down a route that is more kid, way kid friendly that doesn't right. actually address universal messages in a meaningful like honest authentic way yeah that's the only reason i could see the sequels kind of going in a in a direction i would not like to watch right and considering they took 10 years and decided not to sell the ip to anybody over the past 10 years i think we can assume that dean and jenny and everyone else involved is going to be like very careful over the next five to seven years yeah this is basically like their child of of their marriage no you know? yeah no like of their relationship because totally they, have, right. they have like kids books of this like jenny slate in an interview i was watching said like kids deserve oil paintings they deserve like really artistic beautiful stories mm-hmm. and I, I think you're right i think they'll be really careful with who they sell it to plus do they want marcel the shell basically becoming forky because i don't think they do <laughs> <laughs> from toy story three four four sure yeah um okay that was a good pod <laughs> i loved marcel yeah marcel that, oh, it was a good surprise yeah i really didn't know what to expect at all going into it i thought maybe we would see something that was not i don't even know it was wasn't as meaningful at least that was one of the more unique movie experiences i've had in a while especially when it comes to animated movies so i'm i'm very happy it was Honestly, I can't wait to watch it again. And if you sat through this and you haven't seen it yet and you're one of those people, I mean, shout out you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but you need to go see this in theaters immediately. It's a ton of fun and, and just try to support the movie as much as possible. Yeah. The cool thing is, is you could spoil this movie for people. You could even say right. that Nan, Connie, Shell dies. But ultimately, like the experience of the movie is the movie. Like that's what makes it meaningful. It's kind of hanging out with Marcel, the Shell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Okay, y'all. This has been the Extra Credits Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Trey. And this is Kelsey. Uh, Let us know if you've ever tried a raspberry. Tick, 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 tick